Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. <laughs> well, Ben Reichley has the day off. I knew that and uh, totally forgot to find a good substitute, it's, it, which is particularly ironic because I even talked to Stan Zellers yesterday on another topic, and he's one of our good substitutes from time to time. Uh, but uh, he's not here, and Ben's not here, so it is just old Mark Lawrence with our fabulous producer, Rob Center, of course. So that makes it incumbent upon our good conservatives in the audience to call in ahead of time and set me straight. Now, we do have an add-on this morning on our show. Poor Rob thought he'd have uh, just a straight show this sunrise, but we added on an interview and then uh, probably thought today would be just a busy call-in day. But instead, we do have an add-on. Leonard Steinhorn, we're going to meet up with him at 9.30 this morning. So he has agreed to contact our show. So I'll be sending Rob the number shortly. But uh, that's a great opportunity. We Talk to him on Wednesday. You'll remember he had talked about uh, the Vladimir Putin, Joe Biden uh, news conferences that were going to be conducted separately. And, of course, at that time, uh, the uh, summit itself was already underway. I uh, had talked about uh, outcomes that could be favorable for the U.S. and which ones would hurt our national standing. And, of course, you'll remember Joe McGranahan uh, really, uh, I thought, outlined uh, fairly succinctly uh, several elements that uh, haven't made. Uh, Joe Biden, a, a, what shall we say, a strong president or, or the uh, sort of that man of action term that we used to use for President Trump. And so, uh, but we had a great discussion. So we're going to resume that conversation with Leonard Steinhorn, American University communications professor, big, big history buff, uh, very uh, learned in topics of uh, race. So we can ask him about Juneteenth, but we'll also get his reflection uh, on the uh, on the uh, the summit as well. So well, we have them on the line. We would invite you to call us. Now is your opportunity. Open phones. We can talk about a number of things that are in the news, so we would very much uh, like to converse with you about many topics. Maybe you have an interest in Juneteenth. That is something that is now a national holiday. A lot of folks assessing the annual cost of our national holidays. I think this makes us uh, with 11 federal holidays now, but uh, so that'll be a day off. It'll be observed on Friday, as I understand they're talking about uh, is uh, having that, or maybe that's just this year's will be observed on a Friday, but in the future. Of course, Pennsylvania had already declared Juneteenth a holiday, and driver's licenses, uh, centers, and some other offices weren't going to be open anyway on one of these days uh, coming up. So, uh, yes, so that's out there in the news. Of course, we can talk about the Line Mountain Eagles. If Ben were here, he would surely talk about the Line Mountain
Mountain Eagles in their great win yesterday. We have an excerpt of the play-by-play, so uh, we'll talk about that. So those are some of our topics, but call us now. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. Make sure you put the keyword OTM in the uh, text box there before you start to send your message, and that way we'll be sure to get it in our studio. So send us a note right now. 1-800-795-9565 is the open phone line. Uh, you can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. So do please check them out at sunburymotors.com. And uh, so, yeah, now it's imperative that you call in and set me straight. This is your opportunity uh, to make sure that we don't turn this into a liberal fest. I always play a, a pretty bad liberal on the radio, so this would be a great opportunity for you to call in and say, I don't want to be interrupted by Joe. I just want to tell Mark. He's he's perfectly mistaken about all these uh, good topics. There are a number of national things out there to discuss. Of course, uh, the summit and, uh, as we mentioned, Juneteenth, now a national holiday uh, commemorating the uh, time when the slaves uh, along the shores of Galveston got final word that they'd been freed. And at the time, the, the uh, news had broken uh, just two short years earlier, so that uh, kind of that's uh, that's the old school way of uh, passing information along. Now you'd know it probably pretty instantly. Uh, let's see some other things that are happening. Uh, U.S. Supreme Court yesterday threw out a section of the Affordable Care Act, and or I'm sorry, uh, pardon me. I said that backwards. They threw out an appeal that would have overturned a big portion of the Affordable Care Act. And so that means uh, that uh, at least the individuals who filed this particular suit didn't have standing. Uh, I would not say that it is the one once and for all uh, end all be all decision on the Affordable Care Act, because uh, what it uh, said was that two states and two individuals who brought the dispute didn't have the legal standing to challenge the constitutionality of the law's individual mandate to buy health insurance and order the case be dismissed. But that doesn't mean that the law itself will hold up to a scrutiny that would be filed with the right plaintiffs involved. So, um, But that's certainly good news. The Affordable Care Act gets to continue, and of course we know it's helped millions of people, and we know there's millions more who could apply or participate in it and haven't done so. So, um, you know, it certainly hasn't been, uh, I guess, what, maybe publicized uh, sufficiently. So that's out there. So maybe you have an opinion about that. You want to give us a call? 1-800-795-9565. We see Senator Joe Manchin yesterday issued a set of demands for voting on legislation with his Democratic colleagues. He indicates he may be willing to consider a revised version of that voting rights bill uh, if and only if uh, Democrats include some things. Now, he hasn't circulated that memo among the public yet, but he says that there are some things he can support within the For the People Act. 
So this is the national initiative. And you may remember there is a local initiative to try to make sure that there is a uh, voting uh, is uh, productive for everybody in Pennsylvania, and that's in Harrisburg. And that's a fairly sweeping uh, bill that's uh, pending, some of which are pretty good, I think would be a great way to go, some of which would uh, make it harder for some folks to vote. So um, I think uh, we, we can chat about that. We had talked about that a couple of weeks ago. This is the Pennsylvania bill that, for example, would allow voters to visit a staffed county voting center a week before the election in case they wanted to vote in person early. Now, this is what you see when you go to other states or you look at other states and you see there's a big long line outside the polling place uh, weeks ahead of time. This would allow that in Pennsylvania. And there's just no way anybody's going to be able to argue that that reduces people's ability uh, to vote. So that uh, really I don't think it has two sides. I haven't heard anybody arguing about that, but you can vote in person a week ahead of time. It also would allow um, the so-called drop boxes, those mail-in return receptacles, uh, the drop boxes to be staffed by poll workers at a number of locations. So uh, that would, uh, of course, reduce the availability of the drop boxes, but it would certainly eliminate any questions. What happens is you have a ballot drop box that has returns in it, that can go through, uh, well, X number of hours, I don't know, maybe 24-7, where no one is near it of an official capacity. So I don't think anybody is saying that, uh, you know, millions of votes were tampered with at a Dropbox, but that certainly you could say, well, I know for a fact that one was, you know, and it'd be hard to disprove that uh, particular negative. Of course, this bill includes the voter ID provision. The governor says he'll veto the whole thing if it were to get to his desk because of that, but the legislature is already starting the end around on that, uh, going back to the U.S. or to the state constitution for an amendment that would require voter ID. So uh, we can talk about those items if you wish. As we know, and we talked about uh, with attorney Cliff Readers, and really talked about anybody who listened, we know that when tighter voter ID restrictions are put in place, the number of poor minority voters who end up voting is lower. But as one of our good listeners pointed out, well, that's their fault. Uh, and uh, But some folks argue that there's individuals who can't get an ID. We know that. Well, we know that's true. But what if a bill had sufficient money and time and assistance for folks that, you, you like, for example, if you say, well, the cost of transportation to get to an ID place is too high, provide rabbit transit for free, for example, in, in our area. And if we say the cost is too high, we'll make a scholarship or a subsidy available for folks that uh, for whom that is uh, too much trouble. Or maybe uh, maybe they say some handicapped or mobility issue. We'll bring a canvasser to them with a uh, opportunity to uh, get that uh, forth. But we know voter ID laws reduce the number of Democrats who vote, and that's why Republicans always advance them. And so, um, you know, that's what's pending in Pennsylvania. Uh, that's the reality. We know that that happens. But, you know, if let's suppose anybody out there in our audience were going to stipulate that that's true along with me. Well, if you stipulate that's true, if folks say, well, I can't get to the polls or it's too expensive or I can't get out of my house or whatever, if you say all of that is true, well, all of those can be overcome. You know, if the cost is too high, make the cost affordable. If the transportation is too expensive, 
provide the transportation. So a voter ID law that really pulled out all the stops to make sure that absolutely everybody who wished to participate in uh, voting could do so. There was one uh, suggestion in Harrisburg that the voter ID law let people go to their polling places and have them uh, get their photo voter ID there. So if they can make it to the polling place ever to vote, they would be able to get their picture ID, and then uh, going forward, they would have that so that they could uh, continue to participate in vote. So those are some of the topics out there. I hope you know that Republicans are wrong on all of them, and Democrats are right, and we got to meet in the middle, and uh, that's why we have this show, to find out uh, where is that middle ground. We're going to take a quickie break, but we invite you to call us, 1-800-795-9565. Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. We got a couple of texts. Yeah, we have a couple of texts pending from yesterday, and a couple of emails we didn't get to. So I promise, uh, running solo here today, I will get to those. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great bumper music. Thank you so much, Rob Center, our fabulous producer. We appreciate that. 1-800-795-9565. Probably got a sufficient number of callers for this particular last uh, 10, 12 minutes of this segment. Than is first in line. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Hey, good morning. Uh, That's a tough one you got there. I I understand in your old age you forgot something. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to invite (laughs) Ben. (laughs) That's bad. I, I, you know, I've been in that position a few times of being the only voice on the air, and you do such a good job. I, I, I want to call and compliment you when we're not going to have any. But what of what of this and what about that? Uh, as Joe always does, or consider the source, as your Friday person does. I wanted to just say, I think you do a really good job of keeping these guys straight. I am proud of you, Mark. <clears throat> Will you help you raise me from a pup? Come on. <laughs> well, you do stand up for uh, at least knowing something that you're talking about, which doesn't seem to be a criteria on this program. You can uh, imagine whatever you want to imagine and then say it. And uh, I am very tired <laughs> of this dash to the barden, uh, bottom. Uh, it's uh, if I say, and I believe this, and I think you do too, that our former president, the uh, 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 I don't know whatever to call him, 
was an embarrassment and an anti-democracy Republican person. And why don't people see that? When Joe says, I don't like the guy, but I like his uh, uh, what he has passed, I want to know what all those things are. Not what he said he passed, but what he did get done. I know there are a few, and I know you bring them up, and I think that some of it's admirable, no doubt about it, but such an embarrassment. These are good things that President Trump did, right? You're saying there are a few? Well, I don't know that there are a few, but if I want to have Joe sometime enumerate the many, many things that Trump did, then I want to compare them to the many, many things that Trump said he did. And unfortunately, we come up quite short because, as we know at this point, the man lies constantly. He lied about the birth certificate for Obama for years and years during the Obama administration. And then he brings up something that I he wants to overthrow our democracy. I see no doubt in that. I don't think he's going to do it. We're too strong of a country. And I don't think he has the common sense to put together a real insurrection. He got one started pretty well, but it just wasn't completely done right. And I think he'd like to do that again, but I would like to see everybody try to make it a race to the top instead of a race to the bottom. You know, when I say Trump was uh, a liar, then Joe says, well, what about? What about Joe Biden who said this or that? Well, Than, what about this? What about this? Uh, I try to take a realistic view of President Biden, and I think, you know, he's certainly done some some great things. But I also, you know, I'm suffering from ageism, and I I just, I, I think he doesn't do as well as he used to. I think he should have news conferences on a regular basis. You know, and I think part of President Biden's problem is that he's following President Trump, who nearly, you know, you didn't always like what he said, but he would talk to reporters. It had to be just about every day, you know, anywhere he went and to demean them and insult them and say that they're the enemy of the people this is the united states of america it it, the the press is not the uh enemy of the people and yes he answered questions he answered them with (laughs) pardon me self-aggrandizing uh answers that didn't answer the question. He just talked a lot. All right. Now, is Biden a perfect president? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> is he less embarrassing? My Lord, yes. All right. Yeah, that must have been interesting at the G7 when uh, President Biden came walking in instead of President Trump. We know they used to uh, keep President Trump at a distance. But maybe that was because he was an authoritarian man of action and a powerful leader. Uh, no, he wasn't. No, okay, just checking. He was bully uh, with a bunch of minions following him around and not really truly thinking about what this country stands for, which is not a monarch as Trump wanted to be. All right, we anyway. got some callers waiting. Thank Don't you so much, money. sir. 
Thank you for the compliment very much. I appreciate that, Than. Uh, some kind words uh, from Than Mitchell. So I appreciate that. Bobby D., you are next up on On the Mark. Go right ahead. Yes, yeah, yeah. Good, good. I can say good morning, Mark, and good morning, Than, and everybody, of course. When I worked at WKOK, I think two way radio went on probably in the 70s. I know it used to be uh, from 1 till 2 in the afternoon. It wasn't. Uh, you know, like 8.30 in the morning or anything. And, of course, uh, uh, being in the, the engineering department in, in, in those days and, 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 of course, people calling in and out. And, of course, uh, WKOK is still the, uh, I'm going to say, the leading news talk uh, information station in the Valley and that. But anyhow, what I, you know, but thank you very much for what everybody does. And uh, I was going to bring up the topic of the, uh, I'm going to say, the holiday that's coming up. And that, and uh, you know, another uh, federal holiday. The June And I think it's a good idea, you know. Of course, like with Memorial Day, uh, of course, uh, the old days of uh, honoring Memorial Day on May 30th. Of course, there was never any holiday on the school market type thing. But at least uh, we're taking um, initiative in this country to um, honor. Uh, the past and and uh, take take time to do that. Sure, it's not the end all be all, but it's a good start. So that I think it's a, I think it's fine that we're doing this. I, I hope the significance of the observation comes, you know, follows. And uh, I think we had a, a year of reckoning that started last year after the George Floyd death. I, I'm not sure that we made any progress from it, but we certainly did have a lot of news about it. So and maybe this will be another step in that direction. All right, thank you so much, Bobby. Thanks for calling in. All right, thank you. Tom, you are next up on on the mark. Thank you for calling in today. Yeah, the Republican Party once again showed their true colors. They were the ones that complained about all the different states have all different rules and all different ways of voting. They complained that they wanted voter ID they complained that they wanted to purge the rules. So Joe Manchin brings these things up. He says, okay, we'll let you purge your rules. We'll give you voter ID. They wanted to make, he proposed uh, a day off, a day off so everybody can vote, a national holiday for Election Day. Another one. And that's And that's fair. That's fair. There's nothing unfair about letting people off the vote, everybody, because that's Republicans and Democrats. That's fair. Nothing unfair about that at all. They proposed having fair districting, not just where they have all the districts uh, gerrymandered so that the Democrats can win in one area and the Republicans can win in the other area. What do they do? Mitch McConnell and about seven or eight, I don't know how many it was, there's a bunch of them, come out and says, this is unacceptable. We are not going to accept this. This is unacceptable. It's ridiculous. How many, they wanted voter ID. They gave them voter ID. How many people can't vote because they're working? Well, probably a lot. Well, we just had 150 million people cast ballots. They all worked. Well, there's probably you probably could have got more. You you have a problem with letting people off. 
a day off so they can vote. You have a problem with that. I do have a problem with that. I don't think you can just keep announcing, oh, this is a day off. This is an important commemoration. You know, uh, this, well, that's, this, voting is important. I, no we, argument there. I don't there. see anything wrong with it. It's, it's these Republicans have a problem. The Republicans' problem is, is they are the minority party in this country. I don't think it's there a Republican problem. There are way problem. more, way more, <laughs> way more Democrats in this country than there are Republicans. I think it's a common sense problem giving people another day off. Is because they keep try to keep people from voting. They want the rules in their favor. They want to gerrymander districts. They have this dumb electoral college. We're a state that has 600, a population is of, of about 640,000 people. It's two senators. We're a state like California that has 40 million people only gets two senators. They have the whole thing. The only way that they can win is because they are the minority party, is everything has to be tilted in their favor. And they just proved it again. There is absolutely nothing wrong with what Joe Manson with what Joe Manson wanted. He gave him voting, he gave him voter ID. Oh, they had to have voter ID here on this show. All the time. We want voter ID. We want voter ID. We want voter ID. Gives them voter ID? No. We're not gonna accept it. Well there's other things in the bill too. So well, he wants everything. Or he wants everything well, his way. It's, rid- it's ridiculous. You can't have everything. They want everything because they can't win unless everything is in their favor because they are the minority party in this country. Yeah, don't kill the good in favor of the perfect. And they can't win without having everything in their favor, and they just proved it. I mean, I, you know, if you give people, but that was the biggest thing. How many, how many people call this show and say, I want voter ID? Most. All of them. I want voter ID. I want voter ID. I want voter ID. Give them voter ID? No, no. We're not going to accept it. We want to purge your rules. Okay, we'll let you purge your rules. Nope, nope, nope. We're not going to accept it. It's ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Because they can't win. They cannot win unless everything is in their favor because they are the minority party in this country. That's, That's all it is. And in order to maintain power and to get power... Everything has to be in their favor. It can't be a fair playing field. It has to be what they want in their favor, or they can't win. All right, we got you, Tom. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. Right. One of our good listeners sends us a text. Says, "Mark, Mark, 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 Mark. Why do you keep spreading the leftist lie about voter ID and it's affecting minorities? That is, in fact." I love this phrase. He says, soft bigotry of low expectations. We appreciate that. Thanks for the text. We'll take more calls and comers during the 9 a.m. hour. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. 
Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Greetings. Welcome back. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. Uh, ben Reikley has the day off, and I completely forgot about it and didn't schedule a substitute, uh, which I said a half an hour ago is strangely ironic because I did talk to Stan Zellers yesterday on another topic, and I wasn't even thinking I didn't have a co-host here. But we do not have a Republican conservative businessman co-host on board today, but that's where our good conservative callers and texters and emailers come in. They're going to set me straight and uh, keep us up to date with uh, their viewpoints. So, uh, yeah, we invite you to call in and uh, give us uh, your opinion. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Uh, please uh, do what I've done on many occasions. Visit them at sunburymotors.com. Toll-free line open, one 800 795 We'll keep it open until we get close to the bottom of the hour, at which time Leonard Steinhorn's uh, going to contact us again, and we're going to talk to him, CBS News analyst. We'll ask him about Juneteenth and the uh, Biden summit. And although we already know uh, that the um, how the, what the outcome of the Biden summit was, one of our good listeners says, OTM, President Biden is a puppet of the radical left. So there you have it. So that helps us out. That is the sum total of the uh, leftover texts from yesterday. So we didn't get to all of them. But we have some texts that came in today. We got uh, one, two emails uh, pending, and we got one, two calls waiting. 1 800 795 is the telephone number. You can email us at on the market up at KOK.com, and you can do as Stan has done, and that's text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. He says, first of all, to Tom, it's it's called the U.S. Constitution. The rules are set out there, but you leftists don't want to follow the law. Now, another listener says uh, that 16-item list is Putin's attack list now, all thanks to Biden. Yeah, he's talking about the list of 16 things that President Biden said were off-limits for, which is just a strange thing to say to a thief. You know, you can come in the house, but don't take the TV. Don't take the jewelry. Don't just, just don't take the guns. It just seems like a strange uh, list to actually generate and codify. Anyway, uh, another listener says, Than the fake news press has lied and is still lying about President Trump regarding Russia. But Biden told Putin what infrastructure not to attack. Pathetic says our listener, and uh, the same listener says, then the fake news press is the end of the people. All right, we got callers uh, standing by. You're going to be first on the air. Go right ahead. You are on the mark. Yes, good morning, Mark. Uh, you made the comment that about voter ID that most people vote Democrat, that it hinders them from voting. That's correct. Uh, is that, uh, that's a fact, right? Yes, correct, yes. Okay, now my question is, why does it hinder people that are voting Democrat? Uh, uh, why wouldn't it be the same with people that vote Republican? I do not know for sure, but I would speculate that it may have something to do with individuals who are Democrats who might be of low income or in minority families or neighborhoods. Um, well, why wouldn't Republicans, you know, share the same? There's a lot of poor Republicans out there. You know what I mean? There are less poor Republicans. I'm going to speculate a little bit here, okay? Yep, go right ahead. Uh, Most of you Democrats are in favor of abortion. That's a fact, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, And they are mostly, a lot of them are godless, okay, Uh, than than the Republican Party, because we see that 
in the respect of uh, uh, queers, lesbians, and transgenders. Most Republicans are against those things. They're biblical things that they are against. But uh, Democrats are for those things, okay? Uh, as, a, as a rule. And so I'm thinking that the Republicans aren't going to cheat on the election. They won't. They have a fear of the Almighty. And so they're not going to lie and say that they're, they're not, you know, who they are. But uh, Democrats, they're going to cheat because they have no fear of the Almighty. And so, uh, and I would safely say at this point, wow. your caller that called in last week, Marie, <laughs> I, if I'm wrong, I'll apologize to her, but I think she's a Democrat. And if she isn't, <laughs> let her call in, and I'll, I'll, I'll apologize to her. But it just goes to show you that people that don't have no fear of Yahweh in their hearts, they're, they're more apt to cheat, and that's the Democrat. It's, it, there's just as many poor people, Republicans, as there are Democrats. No, I'm sure of that. Yeah, I wouldn't think that's true. But in any event, okay, cockamamie well, theory that, that it true? is, but uh, uh, we, we hear you. Maybe, maybe, okay, maybe it's this way. Think of it this way, then. Then the Republicans are richer than the Democrats because Yahweh has blessed them because they're obedient more than the Democrats. <laughs> and that's a biblical fact, too. He'll bless you if you do the right thing. All right. We got you. Th- those, I'm sure what you're saying has not been factored into the voter ID discussion. All right. We'll let you wrap up. Anything else, Joseph? Okay, that's it. Thank Uh, you. Yeah, thank you very much. One of our good listeners sends a note, says, Good morning, Mark. I've been wanting to email you for quite some time regarding Joseph and people with their religious views on your show. I'm a Christian. However, I feel people who know you are a Christian by the way you treat others and love your fellow man, not professing your faith on the air constantly and shoving it down everyone's throat. You won't bring anyone to God by criticizing other people or professing hatred, with Joseph always does. Keep up the good work. Love the show, says Glenda. So thank you for that. Yeah, I think if you go on the air and you, and you call people queers and use the F-A-G-G-O word and call them all kinds of names, that is not a great way to profess your faith and spread love and try to attract people to your faith. I think some folks, and this is just my observation, would find uh, vitriolic name-calling off-putting instead of endearing, but that's just me. Stan, you're on the mark. Uh, last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Well, you know, I sit here and I listen to Tom when he calls in, <laughs> and he's talking about what Manchin is giving the Republicans. Manchin can't give anybody anything. He's one senator in the Senate down there. Now, he can say, well, if you put this in, I'll vote for him. But that's no guarantee what's going to happen over in the House that they would change that stupid law that they want to try and get in. And he's talking about the Republicans only doing this because they can't win otherwise. Why does he think the Democrats are doing this? It isn't about voter fairness or or making the uh, election more secure. No, it's the guarantee that the Democrats retain power forever. That's what it's about. You know, no voter ID, uh, ballot harvesting, and, and the federal government controlling all federal elections. Sorry, it's unconstitutional. 
It's right there in plain English that the states have the power to set how the electors are chosen. So when I say plain and simple. So when I say that the uh, the voter suppression restrictions that are being imposed nationwide by Republican state houses and, and <laughs> senates and Republican governors are going to hurt Democrats, what you're actually saying is all the election laws, or many of them, already favor Democrats, and this will make it fairer. No, they don't favor anybody. See, what it is, a voter law is a voter law. Anybody that votes has to follow that law. So last time I checked, if you're a voter, don't matter whether you're Democrat, Republican, independent, or space alien, (laughs) as long as you're a U.S. citizen and registered to vote, those laws affect you. Now, to change the laws the way the Democrats want to, basically you want to take out all provisions that will help secure the vote, and then the illegal aliens, the non-citizens, will be able to vote. Because you got right now the motor voter law is the biggest scam that was ever put on this country. Because some of these states are allowing legals to come in and get driver's license, and they register them to vote, even though they know they're not citizens. They say, oh, it doesn't happen, but we know it does. How many illegal uh, people who are in the U.S. illegally get their opportunity to vote because of motor voter? However many people get registered. There's no quantifiable number, but we know what happens because in New York State it has happened. They're allowed to get, first of all, they shouldn't be getting a driver's license if they're here illegally. All right? That's the first thing. They're violating our law. They shouldn't be rewarded with a driver's license, but but they are. Who do you think is more influential? The insurance industry that wants everybody insured, whether they're in the U.S. illegally. They want them licensed so they can be insured. That's, you know, that's the argument. Or just the general Republican Party. Apparently, it's the insurance industry and their lobbyists because they're pushing for this. The, the illegal shouldn't be here to start with, and then they shouldn't be getting licenses. To, secondly, okay? Okay. It needs to be stopped. We have, you know, they tell, what have they been telling us for the past 30 years? There are 10 to 11 million illegal aliens in this country. But you well, and we I, all know that's a pile of horse puckies. You and I think it's 20 million. <laughs> We've well, established I think it's that. probably triple that, oh, or maybe 30. quadruple that. Okay. Because in the past four months, we've had almost a half a million crossed into this country, taken into custody by the Border Patrol that we know of. You don't know how many thousands have slipped by and got into the interior of the country and causing problems there. All right. Stan, i got to move on. It's been four minutes, and uh, we got to do some sort of a sequencing schedule here because we got a busy hour. But thank you so much for calling in. I All really, right. really thank appreciate you. it. Yep, I'm so glad he has an open mic on WK. Okay, we got to take a quickie break. i got to squeeze in my news headlines. And uh, we got Leonard Steinhorn at 9.30 this morning. We have two callers standing by. So we're going to be chit-chatting with them and scanning the headlines very shortly. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm going to read an email that's left over from yesterday with an important viewpoint. Then I have to do the headlines. Then we're going to do some callers. And then we got Leonard Steinhorn at the bottom of the hour. One of our good listeners says, Isn't it amazing the president, you Biden people elected, is run by a bunch of unknown people called handlers? Who's to say they are? Uh, who's to say who they are? Did you elect them, although you have no idea who they are? May as well have gone to the streets and tapped the shoulders of someone unknown. That is one aspect I cannot swallow. People call Biden a puppet, and that is so true, because he is. You didn't elect a person who can think for himself or perform for you. You probably have elected a group of unknowns who have nothing in mind but destroying our wonderful country. What a shame. So I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for the email. Yeah, I, President Biden may have a group of handlers that we do not know. He certainly has a group of publicized advisors. But uh, if you do not like President Biden, remember how vitriolic and caustic and uh, just uh, what a buffoon the previous president was. That's what put Biden in there, not the fact that, uh, you know, he was the best Democrat in the land or anything like that. People said, it doesn't matter who we get in there or who his handlers are or who they tapped on the shoulder or what you cannot cannot swallow we cannot take president trump any further so that's what put biden in there not handlers or just democrats it was republicans voting for biden as well because of the pathetic nature of mr trump dan you are on the mark i got to do news headlines but you have waited long enough in my view go hey. right ahead hey good morning mark hey thanks for putting me on why uh Fan keeps bringing up the birther issue, and and President Obama never produced a real birth certificate. The one he produced was a photoshopped, had about five layers of material on it, and it didn't. The numbers and letters were some computerized, which when he was born. They didn't have computers. All right. Well, let's so, let's stipulate that that uh, President Obama wasn't a U.S. citizen. What difference does yeah. it make? He's long done now. Okay. Well, Stan keeps bringing it up, like Trump made up that story. Well, Trump did not make it up. It's true. When Trump was running, he never produced a real birth certificate. But but Trump is living in Than's mind. He can't get, get him out of there. Rent He's free, living right? in there. Rent Most free. of us moved on from Trump. All right. And right. He, the reason he's brought up all the time is because of the current president, do nothing, know nothing, and anti-democracy, anti-representative republic. And it's just the opposite of what Than keeps telling us. He's anti-democracy, anti-representative republic. 
and we got just the opposite now of what we had. We had a leader of men that did many great things for our country. He had China under control and fear. They knew Trump would would level them if they went a, if they'd get out of tow. He had King John Hume under control, Russia under control. It's just the opposite of what it is now. The border situation was under control. Now it's uh, completely out of control. Yeah, we had a great leader. We uh, we uh, cheated him out of his election to put in a non-leader and anti-American people to be honest about it. These people aren't for America. They're for a socialized America. All right. Well, you know, I, I think what you say is true in your view, and what I said earlier about President Trump is true in my view, and uh, that's what put us where we are. Dan, you and, and I, I, you and I are solely responsible. Where the two of us are responsible for gluing this nation back together. So, think about that. I have to let you go so I can stay on schedule. But think how you and I are going to glue this nation back together. And call I'm, me back. And working on it every day. All right. Well, we'll, we'll I t- love this country, and I hate to see it fall by their wayside. Listen, I won't be here that long anymore. And what the future generations are the ones I'm worried about, not me. I live my most of my life is gone. But for the future, we have to think about them. They won't have what we had if we don't change. All right. Get your solutions together and call me back, and I'll give you mine when we call back. Thank you so much, Dan. Eric, I hate to do this to you. We're going to have to uh, defer you till after the Leonard Steinhardt interview. So uh, please, uh, you've already waited 11 minutes. This uh, I am not a good time manager. I never did do the news headlines. Uh, but uh, we will. Get, I have to take the quick break. Leonard Steinhardt is going to be on the line shortly. And then uh, we will have open phones for the last 15 minutes. I promise we'll open them up and we'll get everybody on ASAP when we come back. Takes a lot more than that. More time spent uh, with uh, Luke and Mark are what uh, makes Matt the happiest. So, and his lovely bride uh, Lisa. So that's uh, that's a quick answer to that uh, question. We have asked for and received an opportunity to check back in with Leonard Steinhorn, American University professor of communications, a big big history buff and follower of all things current events. We've talked to him about uh, presidents and race and global topics, and he's back on the news line. CBS News Analyst is how we get a hold of them. Thank you so much, Leonard. Thanks for calling back again this week. Hey, always my pleasure to be here. I do appreciate that. Well, let's start with Vladimir Putin and uh, President Trump. Uh, President Biden had their summit as uh, scheduled this week. Uh, we had, uh, I had high expectations that we'd, we'd get some starting points, some stepping off points on a number of issues. What's your view, your quick reaction to uh, what happened in Geneva? Well, look, I I think high expectations may have been too high um, because our relations with Russia are really bad. Vladimir Putin has been doing all sorts of mischief and sort of malignant things, not only in his own country and around the world. He's interfered in our elections and the elections of other democracies. He has an atrocious human rights record at home. He's 
uh, his, he's invaded uh, Ukraine and taken Crimea, uh, and also the cyber uh, issues where he's, his country has hacked any number of systems around the world, including our own, and ransomware. So there are a lot of issues. Uh, there's a sense that you can't trust this guy. So Joe Biden had to go in there, not sort of, you know, projecting any sort of hopes or, or fantasies onto Putin that he might turn around, but to be very realistic, to say this is what the United States expects, that these are the rules of the road, and there will be consequences if, um, if uh, you violate all of that and you continue with some of this behavior. And so I think what it was was basically sort of laying down some markers that if you want to have a future relationship with the United States, this is how it's going to be. Yes, we can work together on issues related to nuclear arms and nuclear security, and we can work together on issues related to the Arctic and climate change and issues like that. Um, but if you continue your mischief, this relationship isn't going to go very far, and in fact, there may be consequences. So I don't think Joe Biden went in there threatening Vladimir Putin, but I think he went in there with a very sort of clear and almost sort of a monotone sense that this is what we expect, this is what we will do, or the types of things we will do in re retaliation if you continue this behavior. So, again, this is a first step. We'll see if Putin responds in any way, shape, or form, or if he decides sort of to uh, defy Biden and continue with this behavior and test him. So, again, this is step one. We'll see what happens in the months ahead. Many observers say give when it comes to cyber terrorism, giving uh, Vladimir Putin a list of uh, what is it sixteen of our most vulnerable points makes us even more vulnerable he 'll go down that list like a checklist and and uh, tick him off and uh, tick us off. Uh, your reaction to that observation well, when I saw that, I sort of had that potential reaction, but then I said, my gosh, realistically they know as much about our country as we know about theirs. So it's a little bit naive to think that Putin hasn't already drawn up this, his own list on these things and knows all about these things. I mean, this is what, what governments do, especially with adversaries. They know everything about them. They know their sort of, uh, sort of raw nerves. They know their vulnerable uh, uh, spots. And so Putin knows all of this stuff. And what Biden is basically saying is, look, I know that you know this, these, this is the red line here. You cross that red line on any of these things, you know, we will uh, find a way to retaliate. And trust me, we have the best cyber, you know, uh, uh, team in the entire world. We know what to do to your country if you cross the line on this. So I think that, you know, they're under no illusions. They, they both know that each president, each national security team knows everything about the other country. So Biden was just basically saying, this is what will trigger our response. Go ahead, do it. You will face the consequences. If you don't mind, I'd like to visit your classroom. We're going to do uh, Professor Steinhorn's uh, USSR 101. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new class. You, aren't, you don't even have the syllabus yet. But uh, what, what is, is Putin's endgame? What is Russia's endgame? What do they want? If he achieves everything on his bucket list before he retires as president of Russia, what will he have done? Assuming he ever retires, right? right. Um, Putin 
there's a sense of pride in Russia that they want to be the sort of same superpower that they were under the Soviet Union, um, that they want to be uh, somebody that controls parts of this world and has a say in how this world, you know, runs. Um, and so I think part of it is pride. Part of it is exerting power. Part of it is trying to restore what some in Russia consider their glory days of, of you know, uh, global power. Uh, and being a superpower. Um, but I think the other part of it is that um, it's become pretty much an authoritarian country in which Putin uh, pull, pulls every lever of control, whether it's in the media, whether it's in human rights groups or NGOs, uh, in the economy, society. He also has his plutocrats that help to support him. So I think what he wants to do is to uh, show his people that their way of life is better and therefore disrupt democracies and create problems in democracies and sow discord uh, so that he can go to his people and say, you see, look at all these problems in the United States. Look at all these problems in France or Britain. Um, they try and claim the you know, big you know, holy ground, but they're no better than us. And in fact, uh, they're probably worse than us because theirs is a system of chaos. That's not dissimilar from how the Chinese communists portray our country. Um, I had a student from China, uh, and we were talking about the differences in our political system. And for her, our system is chaos. Our system is complete chaos. She likes the order of their system, and at least that's what they've been socialized to like uh, in China. And I think that's exactly sort of the ideology in Russia, which is sort of a hardline, culturally conservative, authoritarian country uh, that wants to be able to control and influence as much of this world as possible. And so Putin has been very supportive of some of these authoritarians and autocrats like Viktor Orban in Hungary, because they follow the same line that Putin wants to follow. So I think part of it is power, part of it is prestige, part of it is uh, maintaining order, and part of it is proving to his own people that uh, they've got the right system, and therefore that's why he's continuing to try and undermine democracies to be able to prove it. Is that the kind of adversary we can live with? You know, nobody wants to have a soft enemy that you can't quite compete with, or, you, or if you impose economic sanctions on them, it really hurts individual people. Is this where we want Russia? Well, I think regardless of how you know Putin orders his society internally, though we do obviously have problems with his suppression of dissent, uh, this Alexander Navalny who's been imprisoned and Putin doesn't seem to care whether he dies or not. In fact, Biden did say there will be consequences if, if Navalny dies in your custody in prison. Um, but I think that you know the larger thing is the mischief he's causing around the world. I mean, we can't change governments everywhere. There are so many autocrats and authoritarian governments and governments that violate human rights, and we can stand up for those principles and try and, you know, reinforce uh, democratic values and, and, and reward that, but we can't change every country. What we can do is draw a line in terms of how those other countries influence the rest of the world, and that's where our allies in Europe are nervous because of what Putin has done uh, to them as well as to us in terms of violating and interfering in our democratic elections. This is where people in the Middle East are nervous because of what he did in Syria um, by supporting the Assad government, which has committed all sorts of crimes against humanity and with Putin's full support and, and strength. 
Um, this is what uh, he's done uh, with Ukraine by basically isolating Ukraine and doing his best to make sure that Ukraine can't be a thriving democracy and, in fact, took over part of Ukraine. So, again, it's uh, where we draw the line in terms of his interference worldwide and particularly in our, our own country. And if he continues to show that he's willing to allow ransomware attacks on key institutions in countries like ours or other Western democracies or hacks that basically violate the security of our systems um, or, again, interfere in our elections, that's where Joe Biden says, that's the red line. You cross that. We have to go and retaliate on that. So we have to live with autocrats regardless of whether we agree with them or not because there's nothing we can really do to change them beyond sort of providing a model of democracy for uh, that we can project worldwide, which again is why Putin wants to undermine our democratic stability with all of the mischief that he's creating. Um, but uh, once he starts moving outside his uh, borders and creating all of this mischief and does it within our country, that's something that becomes very hard to live with. So that's why I think Joe Biden went in there with a list of clear demands and red lines and say, you cross that, um, that makes this relationship untenable. We have to retaliate. Yeah, we want to be our best selves no matter what in these international issues. Let's uh, switch back to U.S. domestic issues, uh, race. Uh, we, t- we talked about Juneteenth this week, and we, pro- we, talk- we can talk about uh, uh, last year's progress that we made in race, if any. Uh, we can talk about your book, By the Color of Our Skin, a, uh, a book that you wrote that relates to race. Let's, uh, let's uh, sort of check the thermometer. How have we made some progress? Progress? Are we getting closer to being a, uh, a fair, more equal country to everybody who's a U.S. citizen? Yeah, of course we've made progress, and I think very few people would deny that. I teach a course on the 1960s in America, and you, when you see where we are today compared to what was going on in the 1950s and 1960s before the Civil Rights Movement, I don't think anyone wants to return to that. Um, one of the great untold stories of the late 20th century is the rise of the black middle class. Um, now, again, it's the rise of the black middle class in terms of uh, uh, in terms of income, not necessarily in terms of wealth, because of the systemic discrimination that's happened over the years that's prevented a lot of black people from acquiring wealth in their lives. Uh, you know, let's say through homes, through housing, because of redlining and housing discrimination. So we have made progress, but we're not where we need to be. And, but when you bring it down to an individual level, so you're a 21-year-old black student in my class, and you are living with that legacy, but still seeing incidents taking place right now, for example, with the police, or with ongoing employment discrimination, or housing discrimination, or with potential suppression of voting rights, you're saying, you're feeling that, no, we haven't made as much progress as we'd like to say we did. So on a global sort of, uh, you know, institutional level, yeah, we've made a lot of progress. But at that personal level, that sort of raw sense of how you're experiencing the world is that 21-year-old uh, black man or black woman sitting in my class, um, uh, they feel very, very frustrated that we haven't made the progress. So the passage of the Juneteenth celebration is important. It's validation. But it's also symbolic because at the same time, many of these same folks who may celebrate Juneteenth will also look at some of the uh, voting laws in certain states and saying, you know what, 
they are specifically targeted at black people voting. So uh, it's, you know, one hand giveth and one hand taketh away. We make a few steps uh, uh, forward, but maybe a couple steps backward. But that's why we really have to sort of rededicate ourselves uh, to understanding our racial legacy, understanding our racial history, and understanding how we have to go beyond it and and, uh, sort of uh, increasingly move every day toward that more perfect union. So I think, yes, of course we've made progress, and we should celebrate that progress, and we should celebrate it not only because of the sacrifices people made for years trying to make that progress, um, but also because it's real for many people. The opportunities are real but we're not where we need to be. And I think a lot of white folks, myself included, may take for granted um, sort of the advantages we have in life for simply being white. It doesn't mean that, you know, the hard work that we've done is undeserved. No, we've all struggled. We're climbing that hill. The point is, is that black people are climbing a steeper hill because of the history we have to recognize that, realize we're all in it together, and how do we help our brothers and sisters further down the hill make up for uh, uh, that unjust history and discrimination that's been you know, sort of put on their shoulders as they're trying to climb that hill. So I think that's where we are sort of as a country right now, and uh, you know, it just means we have more work to do. Well, thank you so much for your insights and your information. You're welcome back anytime, and I will, of course, summon you again if you make yourself available. So uh, please, thank you so much for your insights and uh, all your time this week. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much. Always happy to be here. Thank you. That is uh, Professor Leonard Steinhorn, American University Communications professor, also teaches a course in history, and his uh, book from 1999 uh, is is about racial progress in the U.S. by the color of our skin. Uh, the uh, believe the the Ill, the illusion of integration of the reality of race in the U.S. So uh, we can talk about that if you so choose. When we return, we're going to take a quickie break. We're going to do to t- ten straight minutes. It's of open phones, I promise you. We'll get callers on. We'll try to keep people to that three-minute limit, but we'll take our comers now. Eric, you're the speedy dialer, please. I hope out there, hit redial ASAP. Get us going here. 1-800-795-9565 is the open phone. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 
Welcome back. WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1-800-795-9565. We've got time for probably a couple more callers. Uh, Promise news headlines very, very briefly here. Lewisburg Area School District being taken to federal court over accusations they failed to address the bullying of a 14-year-old student. According to PennLive.com, the mother and stepfather of the boy filed the suit in federal court seeking unspecified damages. The student attended Lintown Intermediate School. They say the school failed to handle repeated and injurious bullying that uh, the found its way to that youngster. New sets of COVID-19 cases across Pennsylvania continuing to drop. Just 277 new cases statewide lately. 15 new deaths. Of course, uh, not good news in and of itself, but the trends are downward. No local new deaths. Five cases locally. Hospitalizations down statewide and locally. And the number of jabs going up. More and more people getting the jab. And something we've talked about on this very program, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled Thursday that the city of Philadelphia violated the Constitution by limiting its relationship with a Catholic foster care agency over the group's refusal to certify same-sex couples as foster parents. The justices came down unanimously against Philadelphia and four Catholic social services. Uh, Justice John Roberts wrote, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote, quote, the refusal of Philadelphia to contract with CSS for the provision of foster care services unless it agrees to certify same-sex couples as foster parents, cannot survive strict scrutiny and violates First Amendment. Philadelphia had learned in 2018 from a newspaper reporter that the agency would not work with same-sex couples. The city says it requires the two dozen-plus foster care agencies it's worked with not to discriminate as part of their contracts. The city said the Catholic agency has to change its policy, but the group declined. As a result, Philadelphia stopped referring additional children to the agency. Catholic Social Services sued. Lower courts sided with Philadelphia, but the U.S. Supreme Court says no. Catholic Social Services has a right to, to set up criteria for their families as they see fit. All right, so that's a win for Catholic Social Services. Uh, let's see. Joseph, first new caller of this uh, remaining segment. Go right, to her. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Uh, yeah, this is Joe from Sunbury, and uh, I didn't think for Joseph, some people might get mixed up. Uh, he's, a, he's a repeat caller, so he has to wait till first-time callers get through. But he oh, is okay. next. He is next. Okay, okay good. Uh, okay, so I think earlier in the show, Than uh, wanted, uh, I think it was Joe, he wanted Joe McGranahan to uh, enumerate some of the positive things that Trump had done. But uh, since Joe's not there, I'll take up the flag. So quickly, I'm just going to read some things that I wrote down. Uh, he fast-tracked the vaccine, exposing shell corporations, uh, the CARES Act, the Abraham Accord, destruction of ISIS, speeding uh, the generic drug approval, the, the right to try. Um, uh, he tightened uh, the asylum rules to, get it, uh, to plead asylum in the United States. Uh, standard tax deductions uh, helped uh, some of the lower-income people. Restoring uh, due process on campus, he uh, established the Space Force. He had the criminal justice reform, right to try. I think I mentioned that. Uh, moved uh, the embassy to Jerusalem. Uh, he kind of streamlined the SNAP program to save money. And uh, lastly, that's not talked about a little, is uh, when uh, Iran shot down one of our drones, which was probably about a million dollars worth of uh, equipment there, 
it was contested if it was over Iran or if it was in the Strait of Hormuz. And uh, all our, uh, the generals and Pompeo and uh, Bolton actually wanted to retaliate in a pretty strong way, you know, with more than, you know, equal. So uh, Trump uh, with uh, had to make the decision, I, I don't want to say last moment, but uh, close to when it was going to happen. And he said he kind of going to happen, you know, to the people, estimate 150 people that die. They were just ordinary soldiers, and, and Trump didn't want no part of that, so he stopped that uh, attack on a couple of uh, military bases that would have had uh, a link to shooting down that drone. So if you never see any compassion, just read or go back and read that story uh, and some of the news reports uh, about how he handled that and and just didn't he wanted to he didn't he wanted to end that by more negotiation than uh just dropping bombs on soldiers that probably had no or nothing to do with that so i just want to and fan can look those up he can go to the podcast and get the that and i, I wish he would and he can dissect them over a period of the next couple of weeks and each one he can tell us how bad uh <laughs> You know, Trump was His trying view. to do all this stuff. So, was and there... he fought off two impeachments. You know, while doing all this. So, right. All right, in four years. So, did he do basically, anything? Basically, and uh, well, Tom, I, I just have to comment. His understanding of the of uh, the electoral college and giving rights to smaller states in population was one of the basis. <laughs> I, I just can't help but laugh. Uh, and man, I just hope he calls in. Uh, you hit uh, a double header with Dan and uh, Tom today, but thanks a lot. Good weekend. Enjoy. Wait, 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 wait. What is? Oh, okay. Uh, was there anything wrong that President Trump did? Well, in a, in perspective of, I I don't have Twitter or don't understand Twitter, but that seemed to be. Uh, something that people disliked. And what he tweeted, of course, I would see on the news, but uh, I, I didn't. it didn't really bother me. And I guess because I'm like Joe, and I think Joe's accused of liking the uh, programs that Trump tried to get involved, you know, in, the, in through the government, not exactly his personal, you know, his actions of personality. I mean, he was condemned for this quote like 10 years before it happened of you know grabbing the women that that was held by nbc and that was like a major thing in in all the news i, I mean i don't know how that was so relevant to what he was trying to do as president but okay all right if, if you understand i'm not saying i i didn't really think about what what he did wrong i yeah, well, and I think you can second-guess people, and you can have your opinions. I, I think we can verify what were the things that, you you know, President Trump did that were advantageous. You can do as you did, enumerate the things right. that I don't mean you to view. interrupt, but, I'm, I, but Fan couldn't find nothing. I mean, he had <laughs> well, nothing, and, well, and that's what's irritating to some people that supported the Trump presidency, you know, I... Thank you, Joseph. Was, I got to go. He was president. <laughs> okay, I, I gave a support, you know, yep. and I, gotta, I liked what he was doing. 
All right, but, we got uh, you. Thank you, you thank you, thank nothing, you. Not- I got to stop you there because we're not going to get everything we we have to in here. We have one more email pending. We've got one more call pending. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I think what uh, our caller is pointing out is is valid. If Stan couldn't enumerate anything that he thought the president Trump did that was good, I don't think you have. Uh, I, I think you have to look more carefully at that. I think you can find something. Just like Dan, who are our good caller, says he cannot find anything that President Trump did that was wrong and. and says he didn't never lied and i think you know i just think you you can find those things if you look hard enough and that's why i challenge dan to help help me find that middle ground that's going to glue us back together you know my list of president trump things that i don't think he did well is just the most recent things you know i I, i'm second guessing lawrence is worthless second guess i don't think he handled the pandemic well this idea of refusing to wear a mask for so long i think that that hurt us and then refusing to accept the election and saying that it was in fact fraudulent. Uh, that killed the country. And to this end, it continues to hurt us. You know, all these Republican suppression activities that are taking place around the country are because of that fraud, that that big lie. They call it the big lie about President Trump. So that had terrible lasting results. The riot and this, you know, birth of QAnon and all that is the uh, the direct result of that. So those are the worst things in my view. Joseph, you get 60 seconds. Thank you for your patience, first of all. Uh, go right ahead. You got the open mic. Okay, you said I was calling names and I wasn't showing love. LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and queer. That's what it stands for, okay? Now, uh, I just call it what it is. You called our beloved president a baffoon. I didn't call these people baffoons or thing like that. And by the way, showing love. No one showed me love until a Baptist. I was born a Lutheran, and I rode to work with a Baptist, and he told me that I had to be born again. If I wasn't born again, I was going to hell. That's what he told me. And you know, that convicted me. And I got saved because someone told me the truth. And so he was showing me love. That was love, brother. If you're not washed in the blood and born again, you're going to hell, according to the Bible. That's showing love, because I I don't want these people to continue in their sin. And so I call sin, sin. All right. And that's what we should do. We can't can't glorify these things. Thank you, brother. Gay pride. Gay pride. I got you. All this... That is that is a minute. Sorry about that. But okay, well, thank you. Yeah, we appreciate the rebuttal. Thank you so much for calling in. Hey, I want to tell you about something very, very, very important. That is the Sunbury Motor Company, our good sponsor. You can do as I've done for my next truck, as I did for the previous ones. You start out at sunburymotors.com. Well, I didn't do it back in 1993 when I bought the first Ford Ranger. The web didn't exist then. But you can do like I did. Go to sunburymotors.com, then visit the quick lane, then go to the body shop if you back into stuff like I do. Or you can build a new Ford, Hyundai, or Kia to your precise specifications. They would just love to super serve you at the Sunbury Motor Company as they have me and hundreds of thousands of other people. Thank you so much for your tolerance, folks. Thanks for putting up with me. We appreciate it. We'll see you Monday. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.